This is the Connector Podcast with your host, Connor Lynch. The Connector Podcast will bring you in-depth interviews with influential and inspirational makers, movers and shakers in our hyper-connected global world. This is the podcast for ambitious people who want to learn the secrets of success from experts and entrepreneurs in business, technology, marketing, social media, entertainment, and much more. Welcome, Will. Great to talk to you. How are you today? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me in, Connor. Good to chat with you. Good. Hope you're enjoying your coffee. It's lovely. It's lovely. I'm coming yeah. to the end of it now, but yeah. this is a little bit well. Just say garçon, garçon, one other coffee. <laughs> the Connector <laughs> Cafe, some, huh? Something pop over. Um, so you're back from your travels? Back from my travels, I'm in Ireland about four or five months now, but it still feels like I only came back yesterday. Um, and it was a rather life-changing experience. Of course, everyone goes away and they have this amazing time overseas and they come back and they feel like they've, they've become this all new alter ego version of themselves. Um, and I'm gonna be the classic of that paradigm. I definitely do feel like a very different person, but I'm definitely back doing the same old tricks I was before. So maybe I haven't changed all that much. No, um, I'm just surprised you haven't come back with bullet holes uh, and you know, <laughs> look go back at, alive at all. So that was some, some escapades, but maybe we'll talk about that another day, because that's, we can talk for hours about that. But when we met um, when you were in DIT. So I think yeah, that was many, many years ago. So yeah, that was when I was vice president of events in DIT Students' Union. And I suppose after studying mechanical engineering for four years and finding no joy in it i turned my hand to events ran for election and then ended up doing that for two years running club nights and pop-up events and screenings and arts and talks and summits and all sorts of stuff and um felt a real flair for it and then i was like right that's it i think i'm going to be events and marketing and i'm going to leave my mechanical engineering degree in the bin <laughs> and that's exactly what it's done it's just gathered dust on my wall and it's done i've done nothing with it and i'm really really happy about that if i'm honest yeah, well, um, I think it was, I don't know what, what project I was working on, but maybe it's through DIT and yeah, the events, so that's where I kind of spotted you, and the, the, the fact that you can mobilise so many people to go to events, and your, and your Facebook pages were, were very, very popular, so I think that guy knows social media, fair play to him, and you, haven't, you didn't even study, it's all self-taught, which was very... Be- became a bit of an addict of it, of course, yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then I went on to do a business that was orientated around getting people off social media. Because I yeah. found myself on it 17 hours a day, six days a week, yeah. and waking up and checking it first thing in the morning and last thing at night, and everyone I talked to was like, it's just, it's just the way it's going, we can't help it. We're all being drawn into this digital heroin, we're all being drawn into this world of information overload. And I was, at the time, I was you know, organizing Morning Glory, but these raves you go to before work, you've been to them, you've come down, you've checked it out, it's these um, yoga, massage, and that kind of thing before work, and I got into real mindfulness and meditation. I was like, maybe, I could bring my distaste for being online the whole time with my joy of liberating people to kind of dance free with the inhibitions of, you know, think, needing things like alcohol or drugs to dance, right? And maybe kind of find a fuge with the two. And so we set up that business unplug. Well, that's just, I'm not part of it anymore because I went traveling for 14 months, but yeah. uh, it was either one or the other and traveling definitely took precedence. But yeah, we basically wanted to help people have a healthy relationship with technology, running yeah. digital detox retreats and workshops and giving idea. talks. Terrible, Terrible idea. idea. Of course, it's a digital marketing agency. You want everyone online. But, um, but yeah, now, I've, now I'm back doing digital marketing and I have like four or five clients and I'm definitely in control of how much you know, time I'm online, but it's... Um, it's definitely, it's interesting trying to manage social media for clients and then also having a mindful use of technology yourself. You become mm. very, very, very practical in how you use it in terms of 
using it socially, you start to really, really draw that down because it doesn't yeah. take priority anymore. Yeah. Unplug.ie? Unplug is, yeah, so I was doing that with Chris Flack at the time. He's now doing a great job. He's running solo yeah. with it. And I'm doing kind of freelance tech life balance consultancy for people. So yeah. gave talks last week for Accenture, for Google and stuff like that. And it's, yeah. it's great to see these people who are literally like drones on it day in and day out kind of hearing me kind of, you know, giving them kind of some basic principles on how to use technology and they're kind of, how am I ever going to implement this with the amount of work I've got to do? So yeah, it's quite interesting to see the people who are working for companies mm. that are designed to keep you online and trying to teach them how to come offline. And um, what else? So you've got other events coming up you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So I started a new event called Bingo Loco. We started that back about, was back in February. And what happened was, it was me and travel mate and best compadre, Craig Reynolds, we were, we were in Iraq and there's this kind of Christian community that kind of gather every, every week to play bingo and drink booze in kind of a society that would kind of frown on it, even though it's not illegal. And so we're sitting in this bingo hall in Kurdistan, Iraq, and we're, they're calling it these numbers. Now, our numbers are very different from their numbers. So there's like upside down backwards sevens and weird T's and egg-shaped O's. And so because we weren't able to follow it, we kind of just made up our own rules as we went along. So they'd call out chef or hash or whatever it was, and we'd go cool. So then we'd like take a drink, or we'd and we kind of got the whole table gamified into this game, and then it spread around, and then we were doing dancing rounds, and then the guy calling out the numbers was real confused because he didn't realise what he was doing was causing this uproar at the back of the bingo hall, and so everyone had a great time. And then when we came back to Ireland, we were like, you know what, we should definitely get like something like that going again. That was one of the best nights we had, and so we look look up online, you know, party bingo, whatever, different looking for maybe potential competitors or something similar was done, and we found um, very similar parties that were run in the UK. So we flew over, checked them out. So we took what they had from what we've done, and then we made an Irishized bastard child version of the whole thing. And um, yeah, it's been selling out nonstop. We had eight hundred and fifty people playing bingo in the right venue in the Bank Holiday Sunday. We were in Galway last Thursday, we are doing a launch for Outsider in Cork on the 28th, it's like 10 days away. And then we've got Carrick and Shannon, we've got um, Body and Soul, yeah, so it's just kind of exploded because people are like, that's weird, and no one else is doing it, I like that, I want more of it, great. And so as long as people want it, we're going to keep putting it on. Yeah, I saw you, I popped into the, the, the launch night and you were really pimped up. Yeah, yeah, um, dressed in a quirky outfit, top hat, sheepskin coat. It was no brilliant. The, the energy was brilliant. It was, it was looked um, looked amazing, and uh, and Marcus obviously is brilliant, brilliant MC. It's a really good MC. Like, yeah, so yeah. Looked like a, like a fantastic night. So those, um, did you say it was eight hundred fifty people at one event? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were expecting maybe four hundred, and then we we ran out of bingo books. We ran out of markers. People were standing. There was no chairs. Absolutely insane. We were giving away bouncing castles, electronic safes, and we had like half naked dancers running around. People jumping off stage, doing like karaoke sing offs and rave rounds and. It's just mental, like, it's just yeah. mental. And every single time we run it, we add in new elements to it because we're like, how can we make this a more high octane event? And it just gets like the last one, there was two guys sucking my nipples and it was just like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this, but we're here now. <laughs> it's just weird, but it's wonderful, you know? Brilliant. My God. That, and that's, that's the uh, Bingo Loco, and then you mentioned... And so there's Bingo Loco, there's Morning Gloryville, doing Nomad Film Club, which is kind of like a roaming pop-up film club we do different venues around the city to give people a unique opportunity to try and see what would be like a conventional nightclub but see it in like you know a movie setting 
and we put on some cult classics kind of maybe around the time of year if it was around 420 Cheech and Chong of course or if it's um, you two are coming to do a tour here for Joshua Tree we'll put on the Joshua Tree documentary and screen that so it's basically just putting on what's topical at the time and getting people together who are invested and interested in community and allowing them to experience their interest together in a way that allows them to create discussion about their, their fandom and stuff like that and it's worked, it's worked quite well although it's it's something that like it's very small margins so we put it on more of a kind of to entertain ourselves because we're movie buffs and yeah. documentary nuts so it's more of a kind of catering to our own interest and if we can curate something interesting in the community yeah. that's Whopper otherwise that's the only benefit for it really yeah, you so know um, but now that with, with a load of friends pretty much um, and then there's something else the Paddy yeah this? so this, this over this, all these events kind of come under the umbrella of pop-up vibes and pop-up vibes is basically just based around temporary trend culture and the way we see it is that there's not really much room anymore for the idea of a nightclub owner or a promoter just booking a room throwing a bar and a dj paying them 100 quid and then expecting 400 people to turn up at a tenor like those days are just gone People now want something more for their money. They've come through the recession. They've realized that if I'm going to spend 20 euro on a night at night, I want to make sure that I'm not doing the same thing I've done for the last five years, rammed down my throat. So it's looking at what people want, even if it's not long-term, momentary. And so a prime example is this kind of event that we're doing on this Saturday evening, which is the Paddy Losty Memorial Pokemon. And Paddy Losty is this magnificent pint man and a pint man is a notorious character who would be seen in pubs and he'd come in there first thing in the morning and he'd leave last thing at night. These guys who sit at the bar and they grace it there all day with nothing but a packet of crips and a packet of peanuts, right? Mm -hmm. And because this this trend had blown up and there's a group of maybe fifty to sixty thousand people on Facebook who create memes and videos and everything else, I thought there was nothing actually apart why would I bring this online community offline? Because that's what we're doing experiences based on, you know, trending culture. And so made a pub crawl page, put it in, 3,000 people attending in the space of a few hours, and then you just monetize it, put some tickets in, and we sold our tickets in like a few hours. So now we have 100 people all coming to drink pints. Um, Five Lamps breweries are helping us out and donating some pints for the cause in memory of Paddy Lost. He was actually a real person. <laughs> and his family are in this group on Facebook and they think it's hilarious. Um, and the interesting thing is his actual memorial is actually a week afterwards so I'm not sure how topical that controversial that was but, uh, but yeah it's going to be interesting we're going to be sold out and we'll have an interesting crew so we'll brilliant. see what happens that's brilliant mm. and um, so how do you just how do you promote these events sir like how do you sell out multiple events Facebook is still the major promotion tool for all promoters of course you always have your hard data you can do you can do geo notifications, you can do emails, you can do texts, and that's great. But time and time again, for us, it's just been trying to find unique ways of pushing out our ads. And originally, it was just throw an ad up, throw it at everything, and that was great. But you never really knew what, which of the kind of areas of your targeting was going to work. So instead of targeting an ad at you know everything in the kitchen sink, we would make a several ads and point them at different things, and then we'd find out which of our target promise would work, yeah. and we'd ride that horse the whole way home. Yeah. Because you know promoters started off just putting up events and ticket links and ads online, and now promoters are using tracking links, using affiliate links. They're watching out what their return their ad spend was, and now they're actually without even realizing it because they've had no choice other than you know the module Facebook through them that way. They have to become smart digital marketeers. And looking at the metrics of their sales 
and that's just complete. If once you kind of start steering to that side of sales and ticket sales promotions, it changes the game, and it's much easier for you to kind of go, right, you know what, seventy percent of our ad spend last time was wasted because it only gave ten percent return. This gave a sixty percent return. Let's bank our money on this. So people start becoming like you know quite savvy at it. Whereas before they were like, let's book a cool DJ, let's get a really cool club, let's you know tell all our friends about it, and that's now turned into something where people are becoming very smart marketeers. That's a really interesting space. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And what's the what other ideas you're working on, or what what other events coming? At the moment, I'm just kind of jumping. Well, whatever pops up, pops up, and that's the ideal thing. It's like I don't need to kind of plan long term. If I see a trend and I go, that's going to work, or something's popping up, then I go for it. And a prime example is um, this new festival, Area Ten, which is run by a collective of well, Dublin's biggest bookers, club promoters, and they basically saw that there was no kind of big day dance festival like there would have been every single year so, so there was a lack in the market for us so, you know what let's put one on and they said 5,000 unique venue outdoor dance music you know do it carefully and they sold 5,000 tickets in, in three hours so now I'm working with the guys who's bringing brands and partners to, to that event to kind of build it out and kind of fill it up you know and it's lucky for them they don't have to do anything now apart from just wait for people to turn up on the day you know and make sure that the festival goes as smoothly as it is but it's it's people like that you can instead of just putting something on for the sake of putting it on but look at a gap see the demand read trends online and see what people want and then fill it back fill it they're the people who are going to make money at the moment and that's the trend I'm, I'm kind of seeing but other than that yeah i'm just i'm working in digital media i'm um kind of working really really strongly on my own blog which is readyforroad.com and the purpose for that is to monetize it pretty soon in the sense that because I'm going to be going traveling again and, and I want to be able to become a digital nomad while working on that and make use it to pay for my travel realistically which is great but I think it's all about getting, getting good video content and a good example of that is the guys in Global Degree They've basically just created this huge community of really influential travellers and they have created this programme where you can visit every UN nation while studying degrees that are accredited by the likes of Yale and Harvard. So instead of going to college to study, you travel the world and get the same degree. That's brilliant. So that kind of idea of bringing something more to travel than just, hey, I'm on a beach and I'm having a cocktail, this is a lot of fun, but rather I'm actually trying to curate a new, a new vision or create a new experience or trying to you know, do something to better myself yeah. rather than just escaping into the wild and in jungle in India somewhere. And that's what I want to do with Ready for Road. Global Degree have their you know, kind of academic kind of credence to it, whereas Ready for Road is about exposing the negative stereotypes that's drawn by media on countries where people wouldn't go to because of those stereotypes. It's going to places like the Lebanon or Algeria or going to places like I've been to like Pakistan, Iran and Iraq and showing people that the people there are real people, modern people, they're on social media wearing the latest jackets, they're watching TV, they're doing all the same things we are, except there's a few people in their country, some in very, very high powerful positions, who are making life really, really hard for them and limiting their ability to travel, to work, to explore the world because they're being diplomatically bullied by other countries. You can't send money to Pakistan, try to pay for a tour today for a group and bring in September, and I can't transfer money to Pakistan because the US has mm. embargoed transfers from the EU to mm. Pakistan. So you have to try and find creative ways of sneaking money into a country where people wouldn't want to go to anyway in the first place. So you get up to all sorts of shenanigans. But it's, how, much um, trying to, how much were you trying to send over anyway? Oh, I can't be disclosing that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of information. But yeah, no, I'm organising um, an expedition there in September with really interesting people, some are content creators, some are venture travellers, 
um, and the idea is to promote Pakistan as an adventure travel destination. I mean, it can only get better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Make it safer. And you're collecting your stories. What's the yeah. with the with the collection? So the story, well, I kind of had a big backlog of stories that I've been kind of curating, video content and stuff like that. And um, some of it has really viral content because it's, well, from countries where people just don't go backpacking, right? And I was on the Joe show last week talking about an experience where I got brought back to a house of influential businessmen in Iran. And after dinner, it's customary to share a poem or a story or sing a song. Now, mm. I can't remember Robert Frost and the Leaving Cert, nor can I remember Sylvia Plath, but I do remember the Carlsberg ad, where the guys are at some Russian bar and they're asked at the bar to recite some Irish, you know. Yeah. So I start telling a story about a woman who wants to hide up a treehouse and her reason for being up there is that the husband's not doing anything and she's sick of minding the kids all day and she's gonna stay up there until he starts taking care of the kids. And then of course I start reciting complete bullshit Irish and making it up from the whisper of the tongue. But it did quite well and I was on the Joe Show live to the, to the audience talking and making up poems again just for the laugh, you know. So I think the kind of content that we're creating is, is working, mm -hmm. it's viral. Um, and people want to watch it because they're, even though they know or they think that the, these countries are dangerous, maybe they're war zones, maybe they're super conservative, you know, in an Islamic way or whatever, um, I think they actually also have this massive curiosity to see behind the veil. And because it's coming from a source that is now being recognised for pushing a different view from the media normally does, you know, death to America, you know, Alu Akbar, mm -hmm. they're kind of going, well, that's kind of cool, I kind of want to go there now. So I'd say every few days we're getting... 20 or 30 people kind of going, how do I get a visa to this country? Where do I go? Do you have any recommendations where to stay? There doesn't seem to be the ability to book a hotel. Do you have friends I can stay with? So they're willing to be brave enough to step outside the comfort zone to go and try and dabble in these kind of places, which is great. You know? Excellent. So um, every time we, we talk to you, you've got tremendous positivity and high energy. So what inspires you and drives you to come up with all these ideas and to and actually to action them all? Um, I suppose... I've, it's a tricky one to answer, right? But I suppose I like creating kind of content and that's not necessarily talking about digital content. I'm talking about experiences, right? So for example, when I see people coming together as a collective through an event I organize and I see them socializing, getting to know each other, that gives me a lot of kind of validation in what I do. So I've seen a lot of people through things like Morning Gloryville who they're now in two or three year relationships or they're now, you'd see them tagged on Facebook going for dinner together and they wouldn't know each other without that medium. Or you'd see kind of, People on a night out would write to your page and they'll say, last night I had the wildest night ever. That was a whole lot of fun. When's the next one? I want to bring all my friends. And that also says not just that you've good product, but that they've had a great time and you've given someone something to think about, right? You've, you've kind of caused a bit of intrigue in someone. And so the same thing with like writing articles, I've kind of found a massive passion in writing over the last, the last two years, is that if someone reads your piece and if you can change their mindset or give them a different opinion, that is, that's everything. So in the last while I've been writing for Dublin Live, which is the Mirror, it's Trinity Mirror part of that group. And that's now an opportunity for me to try and kind of put my musings into an audience that will read it, right? I, I can do it myself, but it's great to do it for sure. somebody else, which has a nice readership. And I just get massive validation from being able to cause intrigue, inspire, create unique experience. People go, that's exciting. Um, not that I need verification what I'm doing is right because I do it based on you know what I would see is trendy what people want and all the rest in market demand it's just great to see people smile people go that was amazing that was interesting that was funny that was creative and um, well that's inspiring 
it's all this positive yeah. feedback that you're like, well, what can I do next to inspire someone? Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of just doing it then and not waiting for someone else, not waiting to find, you know, an organization or a company to get behind you. Just go and do it, create it yourself. If you don't have to edit video, learn to do it. If you don't know how to mm-hmm. do graphic design, learn to do it. If you've never run an event before, who cares? Start doing it and eventually you'll figure out everything behind you know, that'll follow on afterwards. So it's just um, kind of just a do-it-yourself attitude, really. And how do you find clients then? How do, how do you commercialise it all? They kind of, uh, this kind of come to me. Like, I don't really spend my day sitting there ringing up people like, hey, how can I help you? It's more of, um, if I'm talking to someone and I see there's an opportunity to help them, I'll say, well, have you thought about this? Or in conversation with people, they're like, I like what you do. Maybe this person might find it useful. So I'd say it's about 90% referral. Um, I'm getting reached out to every day about new digital marketing clients, some I can't take on because they're really big projects, or some, to be honest, are just frankly boring. Mm. Like the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, uploading a picture of a cocktail in a bar, be like, come drink here again for the thousandth time. Because yeah. there's only so much time you can put a picture yeah. of the cocktails before you get bored. Yeah. But it's about working with brands you find interesting, ones that allow you and trust you to be creative. Mm. That you'll generate some ideas and they'll go, I'm not really sure what that is, I don't understand it, but I trust that you do, so go and do it. Mm. And there, that means it's exciting. It means I can go off and start, you know, talking to people like, hey, you're a magician and I've got an idea. We're going to make this product disappear and it's going to look really cool online. We're going to live stream it. And then they trust you like, kill. Cool, you're working with a good brand. That, that's awesome. So it's about kind of just putting your work out there and letting people see it and go, can I also do this for my brand? And can I take mm-hmm. him and use him? So that's what's been working so far. Brilliant. And then what? So where are you going to travel? Pakistan in September. And then after that, then the expedition heads off home. I'll head off to Kabul and Afghanistan for three or four days. Then I'll do Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. So just wrap up all the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully get home for Christmas, see the family, have some turkey and ham. And then uh, we'll see, we'll see. So the moment I'm trying to collect a portfolio of potential brands that will kind of partner me on for this trip because I think it's going to be very PR friendly. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, we'll see. <laughs> um, but I want to like, you know, start making a lot more content. So I'm going to start investing in a lot of filming equipment and trying to document it a lot more without sacrificing the ability to be in there and in the moment enjoying it because the only way you find these unique scenarios like getting behind the scenes in a sweatshop in Pakistan or couch surfing in an opium den or meeting ruby miners or smugglers or, or gun barons is through talking to people and not being like a camera in their face the whole yeah. time because that kind of that scares people yeah. you know um, but just kind of curating the experience with them and saying listen look I like what you do can you show me more and hoping that it's not a dangerous yeah. scenario and so that's that find that balance of putting creation of content in one box and putting the travel experience in another box and trying to find a happy medium mm. for both because I definitely didn't do enough content creation the last time yeah. I did a little bit a little blogging and trying different platforms like Steam the cryptocurrency blogging platform and a few things and just experimenting with it but not using it as a sole way of actually building up as a, as like a travel outlet for information but that's definitely something that's going to be formulated in the next while. Brilliant. So how do we, um, how do you guys check out your blog and your website? What is the web, web address? So it's readyforroad.com and it is a resource of travel guides so when I go to a country I'll write up an extensive travel guide of currencies, mm-hmm. language you need to know, hints and tips and tricks maybe some contacts with people that I've met that can help me get across various borders or checkpoints. And then I'll also just have like, just intriguing clickbait articles of just stories that I've kind of been through or whatever. And some have gotten very notable attention. Some have been featured in, one was featured in 40 different news outlets around the world, like Russia Today and stuff like that, very topical ones. Um, and some have been featured in a little bit less, but also would have, 
you know, maybe fifteen to 20,000 views per, per blog and so that's so something we're doing quite well. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that it just kind of, it inspires people to travel, but it's also a resource for people to travel. You know, it's things there as well, like, you know, picking the right backpack and what to do when you're choosing a camera and trekking tips and how to be a good couch surfing host or to find a good couch surfing host and stuff like that. So it's just helpful information, but it's definitely going to become very, very video heavy very, very soon. And in five years' time, where will you be? Five years' time, having a massive travel media corporation, yeah. <laughs> earning millions of dollars. That's it. If you believe it, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, I, I believe it. Here's hoping, here's hoping. Get back by a few media companies and then just start pushing out some products and see what happens. Excellent. Well, I'll watch the journey with interest and hopefully I'll be there uh, part of the way. Maybe you can join me in Mexico somewhere on a beach in Cancun. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much, William. Looking forward to seeing how you get on in the next few years and some, no doubt it's going to be a brilliant success. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to The Connector Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the show and for more in-depth interviews with influential and inspirational makers, movers and shakers, go to podcast.connector.ie. If you like this Connector podcast, please share the love and tell all your friends about it. Leave a review or rating and please don't forget to subscribe. Team at Connector Podcast.